Hey, good afternoon. It's noon. Welcome to MagnaWave Office Hours. I'm Pat Zemer, CEO of MagnaWave. I'm glad to be here with you today to answer questions that you may have with regard to uh, PEMF uh, training, machines, whatever it may be that you'd like to discuss. You can uh, send me a text and I will certainly call you back. Uh, so if you'd like to do that, send your text to 502-599-9722. I will call you back and we can have a discussion live about whatever, whatever it is you'd like to know. Uh, or you can call me on CastBox if you're uh, listening on CastBox. Hazel's over there this morning. Good morning, Hazel. And uh, so I see folks are joining us also on Facebook, YouTube, and LinkedIn. I believe we're on LinkedIn at this point. Um, but at any rate, that's uh, where we are with the questions that you might want to have. Simply send me a text or write your question in the chat box and I will uh, get to it. I've got a couple of things to discuss this morning uh, as well, and we'll do that. So if you get a chance, uh, please share this broadcast if you're watching on Facebook or YouTube with your friends, and uh, then they can tune in and uh, participate as well and have their potential questions asked. If you want to call in today and uh, send me a text, what we're going to do is we've got some mat covers and uh, with our new covers and mat and uh, the mat bags, new bags to carry the mat and your coils. Uh, when you have the mat. So we're going to be giving away those to uh, a caller. So call in and uh, we're going to do, Chris, let me ask you, we're going to do one to each caller or are we going to um, uh, do one for a prize? We'll do one to each caller. Okay, each caller will receive a, a MagnaWave a mat bag and a mat cover. So uh, send me a text to 502-599-9722, and we will call you back and have a discussion um, about your uh, particular interest. Okay, a couple of things I'd like to kind of go over while we're uh, waiting for some people to participate and write their questions. Let me go over here and see if we have some comments. Um, good morning, Northern Lights. Good morning, Tracy Walker and Bush. Thank you for being with us. And as I said, Hazel's with us on the uh, on the Castbox side of the house. All right, uh, I've had questions about polarity. Will does the device change polarity, and uh, when it when it's working, and how and how do you measure that or whatever? And I'm not talking about measuring, but the answer is the spark chamber devices most certainly change polarity. What happens is the device fires in a particular polarity. Let's just say it's positive at this point. And when the signal goes up and when it comes back down and when we get what we call the ringer effect or like the rippling, the signal goes back through the coil and it changes to a negative polarity. And so it does change. It's stronger in one direction. If you flip the coil, you'll be doing a negative signal and a positive polarity shift as the signal comes down. So <clears throat> if that's an issue to you and you want to understand that, We've talked about that. It's never been an issue. When people look at other people's devices, they'll say a lot of things. Oh, we change polarity and that makes it work better. Or we do this and that makes it pro provide better results. The bottom line is, if you look at, and Dr. Pollock has talked about this, you look at all the studies that have been done over the years, different polarities, different strengths of machines, different signal designs, the whole thing, the bottom line is they all work. Now we've found, Dr. Dennis has found that some signals, the high signal that drops off quickly is a little more conducive from his study for healing. And that's the same type of ceiling signal that we use. And you talk about various strengths. Someone may say, Dr. Dennis did his study at 10 Hertz. So I have to have 10 Hertz. And Dr. Dennis says the number I chose is arbitrary. They all work pick a number and, and do it. That's why our machines, you can adjust the frequency or the Hertz. The Hertz is the number of clicks per second. And so if it's clicking once per second, it's one Hertz. If it's clicking 50 times per second, it's 50 Hertz. And so you can kind of go that way where you'd like to have it set. Now, some of the newer devices, now we've got some messages. Ah, good, two text messages. All right, so we'll be checking out this situation here, making some calls. But I just wanted to, to um, approach that and let you you know that yes, the polarity does change on the spark chamber devices. Now on some of the digital devices, and we're kind of getting all this clear so we can explain it to you, some of the digital devices fire positive or they fire, fire negative and, and it's computer controlled so they can stop where, where the signal stops. And so it's just a little different in that regard, but you can change polarity on the, on the digital devices for certain by simply turning the coil over. 
the coil fires in, in a different direction at a different polarity. And so that's how uh, you can approach that. So uh, it does change polarity. Some people think that's a big deal and it's, it, it, it does change polarity, but it's not necessarily the changeable deal. It's not necessarily what makes this better than that or that better than this. And uh, so just a little clarification there so we can better understand that. So let me have a look here and see. Um, this one goes away. I'll clear that one. Um, that one goes away. So here's uh, two text messages. Let's see what we've got. Ooh, got a showing some uh, pictures treated treated my heart. Let me get them on the line here. Here we go. To ring them up. Let's see if it starts ringing. It is. And they included some pictures. I don't know if I can show that. Hello. Good morning. Who do I have? Laurely. Hi, Laurely. Yes. Okay. How are you? I'm great. So you have a question. I know you sent a couple of pictures. Yeah, I showed you the picture there. Okay. I treated his hawks, and as I went to do the other hawks, he stands pretty good, my horse. So then I went to, and I was just kind of rubbing his leg to keep the flies away. Uh -huh. And all of a sudden, my fingers blood, like in that one spot that I sent a picture. Is that something that could have been caused by the hawk, like is it a bruise or something? I wasn't sure. Ooh, well, now not being a vet, that's hard to say. So in other words, you were treating his hawks. And yep. as you, as you were rubbing, spot. you you ended up with some blood on your on your finger. Yeah, in this one spot, and it eventually dried and went away. I was, I'm going to do the talks again today and see how it goes. I you know again. again not knowing, I'd look at it, take a look at it, and see could it have been a a, a bite, a mosquito bite, or some yeah, type of I bite that caused see the, a bite mark there. You could or couldn't. I couldn't. No, there's no bite mark there. But there was blood. Yeah. It was only in that one spot. It wasn't like it was dripping. It was in that rounded spot, like oblong spot. Yeah, I mean the machine would weird. the machine the treatment would not do that. I would think that he had to lay on it uh, in some. Maybe he laid on it in the stall overnight, and you know something irritated it that it bled a little yeah. bit. Uh, could have rubbed it on the stall before you got in there, you know, or something uh, yeah. that could have caused that. The machine wouldn't do that. Would not cause something. Now, if there's something bleeding. I mean, if he had an abrasion or had a, a cut that was could or something that could bleed, uh, you in why and you went to treat, it would not it would bleed. It's not going to stop the bleeding. And and we always say wait till after if there's a situation where there is bleeding, wait till your till the bleeding is stopped and under control before you treat. So the fact that there could have been something there, a bite. Um, nicked it on something and it was open and you went to treat, you could have, and it was in a bleeding state, you could have helped it bleed a little bit. Okay. Yeah. And so I, I would think that, that that would be what you what you would think, but it's not going to cause something to bleed. Yeah, I didn't think so. I yeah. didn't think so, no, yeah. for sure. But I was just wondering if it was maybe a bruise or something coming out. Could or, be, could, but it would have to be open. It would have to be an open... Yeah. This is wound for it for that to happen but um uh, so that's what i would do check it today and uh, if it's yeah and if it if it looks like it's not bleeding then you're good to treat if it when you go check it it is bleeding i would wait till the bleeding is under control yeah there's no bleeding down there it wasn't yesterday anyway okay you couldn't even see the spot anymore great great okay perfect anything else awesome. thank you Okay, nope. send an email to support at MagnaWave PEMF and they'll get your information so they can send you your swag. Awesome, thank you. You're welcome, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Uh, pretty good question. Um, as Very good question as to what, what might cause that. And that's something that we always want to be cognizant of. But the machine, if you got a hawk and you're treating the hawk or treating the area, it's not going to cause it to bleed unless there's already an opening there, an open wound, a bite, a prick, something that, that caused it to be uh, bleeding, and then you go to treat, you're going to pulse it, and it can continue to bleed, or you'll see the bleeding. And so that could be very well um, uh, what what would have happened in that situation. Let's see any other questions here. I have a question about moon blindness, so to speak. Will PMF help how long to treat and how often? Well, I probably need, and that's a new one to me, moon blindness. Uh, I maybe need to look that 
just wanted to, uh, Tammy says she feel it will. Well, I mean, let, let's just talk about this for a minute. Tammy, you're talking about mood blindness. It's obviously a state of the eye. Will the magnet wave, uh, by virtue of supplying energy and helping the oxygen be uh, improved in that particular area to give some relief to that? you know, I would think that it could potentially do that. And uh, anything that could be improved with better blood flow and better oxygenation, which is most anything, can be uh, dealt with or uh, treated in that type of fashion as you go through. And uh, that's, and, and typically, and when you talk about treatment, um, it depends if it's your horse, you can treat it every day uh, or as often as necessary to get to the result that you're looking for. If it's not, and it's your client's horse, treat it once or twice a week to help the situation through would be the advisable way to go. Time-wise, if you're treating the eye or treating an area, three to five minutes on an area typically is enough. Uh, you don't need to just be on there for 30 minutes. So uh, three minutes is the old norm. I would say five to six minutes is ample or fine in that particular area. Uh, if you wanted to treat more and, and if you wanted to go 10 minutes or so at a moderate setting that's comfortable, you're not going to hurt anything. More than 15 minutes, as I've always said, is overkill. Like if you get to that point, you've given that particular area of the body that you're treating enough energy that it's going to try to do its job and, and help it work for you. So that's pretty much uh, as often as necessary to get the result that you want and uh, as often as necessary to maintain the result that you want. So quite often someone will treat five to seven days, get a good result and they're happy with it, then they treat once a week or they treat twice a week or they treat and once a month, whatever it takes to maintain the plateau uh, that you got to or that you were looking to achieve by using a particular um, treatment method or treat a particular area. Okay, let's see, Tuesday, um, got one here, got a question about an unknown internal issue. Let's make the call. Good morning. Pat Zemer here. Good morning. How are you? Good. Who do I have? This is Tanya with the Haitian. Okay, Tanya. How are you? I'm well. Okay. You have a question for me. Yeah. So we got a new horse and uh, she got home. We slowly integrated her in with our other five and it was going well. And then one day she was just acting really lethargic and I rubbed her down, checked everything didn't find any marks like she had clearly gotten hurt, but on her, her right side back by the flank, when you'd rub just petting her, she would kind of wince like it was sensitive. She wouldn't move away. It wasn't terribly painful. She wouldn't stop eating. She wouldn't, she would just wince. And I'm like, Oh no, she must've got kicked or something. Right. And then, um, Oh, a day or so later, she kind of got like a, Oh, is that called a hematoma when it kind of settles yeah. in the belly and there's a big bubble? Uh -huh. And so I was like, oh, she must have got kicked. And then I noticed um, I would rub over it and pat her and it would sound hollow right on that flank. I'm like, what in the world? And then if you pressed slightly hard, it would be bubbly and squishy. And so I went and got my husband and I'm like, is she internally bleeding? What's going on? And But it has worked its way down and gone away. And so I've been wondering, like, should I treat that? Can I treat that? She doesn't seem to be in any distress or nothing. It's is she, is she still lethargic? Is she still, or is she kind of rebouncing back? No, she seems fine. She, you know, and I forgot to say those, those first couple days, she didn't, she wasn't really interested in eating, but right. she's eating and drinking and well, I mean, with everybody. Yeah. If there was an issue there, most certainly it's not going to hurt you to treat it. And if it's a situation that she got kicked and it's kind of resolving itself, you know, the internal issue, how deep the, the potential damage to some of the tension could be from the kick or whatever happened um, would be very beneficial to help move that along, help it recover uh, more rapidly. You know, any of those types of situations in, in us, if we damage something, you get a bruise on your arm or your leg, it takes a few days for that bruise to go away. And, but the pain, 
associated with that can remain if you really stress something. So I would, I'd be very comfortable uh, treating her for comfort and to help it recover and heal, allow the body to help heal it all the way through. Uh, yeah. Okay. I, I, you're not going to miss a shot by doing that. The thing that scared me is what if it's internal bleeding? Good question. But if it's not going now, I mean, you know, that's a question for your veterinarian. Sure. And, and I and if you're concerned about internal bleeding, I believe I would certainly consult your veterinarian. But if you treated it today, let's say, and it didn't change, it didn't come back or, you know, if it's sure. if it's bleeding internally and you treat, you could enhance the bleeding. Right. And and so if if you went to treat it and it came back, then you could say, hey, there's something going on here. We need to have a vet come look okay. at this because when we did it, it 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 was there. And but if you do it and it's not there, uh, it you know, you, you, I'd, I'd ask your vet if you're concerned about that. But if you do it sure. and it and it does not come back, then all indications are you're just treating an area and helping it uh, recover and be healthier. Um, but certainly, and I've always said this, if you treat a horse today and you come back tomorrow and it's no better and you treat it again tomorrow and you come back the next day and it's no better at all, you treat it a third time and it's no better. It's time to make sure that you call your vet. Sure. Because what happens is you you treat an area, you treat an animal, and they'll re, they'll they'll improve. They'll they'll if pick a number. If it's one to ten, and they're at a ten of pain, and you treat them, and it drops to a five. They're better. Now it may take multiple treatments to get it to where it goes away, to where they're free to function and they're performing the way you want them to. But if you do three or four times and it does not change, there's something going on that you don't have any effect on. And, sure. and it can okay. mean that there's something going on that's anatomical. There could be an infection. There could be a lot of things that just good body massage basically is not relieving call the vet. Sounds good. And, and that would be the same thing here. If you treated it, you're not going to, if it is internal bleeding and you spend five minutes on it, you're not going to cause a catastrophic event. But if, okay. if you treat it for five minutes and all of a sudden you notice that the bubble's back and it's squishy, then you need to think, hmm, there's something obviously going on there that we're exacerbating when we treat it. Even though you didn't cause it, you didn't, you weren't treating it when it came. But by treating it now, it's still there. Then you want to, you want to know, you don't want to have an internal situation that becomes a, a bad deal. Right, uh, and, right. and so that, that'd be my recommendation. If you want to treat it, if everything's fine and the horse does great, Okay, but I would mention it to my vet. But if you treat it and it kind of resurfaces, call your vet. Will do. Will do. Thank you so much. Okay. Hope that helps. Kind of, it is. It does. It's kind of what I was thinking, but I just wanted to be sure. Yeah. And uh, send your email to support at Magnaway PMF, and we'll send you some stuff. Awesome. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Have a good day. Mm -hmm. Bye bye. You too. Bye bye. Good question. Uh, and that's always, as we've always said, and I don't want to reiterate it, but I've said it, if it doesn't get better in a few days, you need to make sure that you have the help that you need with your professional uh, veterinarian and people like that. Uh, let's see. Um, do we need to use a surge power strip with the jockey portable, portable, jackery portable power station? If it's delivering a good sine wave, uh, it's not as critical because it's delivering it, it's generating its own power and it should be consistent. You want to make sure that the wave that it generates is considered a sine wave, uh, which is a good pure wave of power. And if it's doing that, you put a surge strip on because you don't know what's going on in the barn or you don't know what's going on in the house that you're in. And, and if there is a surge in power, you want to protect your, your equipment. The newer devices, the, the digital devices have a basically a surge protector built in. And, and so that's not uh, an issue at that point, but you really don't need a um, surge protector if you're using a generator because the generator is going to be consistent. I mean, it may stop, but it's not going to surge. It, it like your power at home could if something happened uh, or your power goes out, then it comes back on. It can there can be a surge uh, to protect uh, what what you you, need, you want a surge protector to help it at that point. So hope that helps uh, necessarily wouldn't uh, necessarily when I used to uh, when I was traveling a lot of shows and doing a lot of things and I use my cigarette lighter on the um, or electric appliance receptacle on my golf cart. <laughs> 
<laughs> I would simply put a little power converter in there and plug right into that. And because I was coming off of that battery, the batteries on my golf cart, it was consistent and away it went. The only problem I would have is if the batteries, if I was running the batteries down, then it might, but it, it ran until the batteries wouldn't work. But I never had that problem because I charged the batteries every night and uh, more often if, if necessary, but I just plugged straight into the uh, inverter, but it was a sine wave inverter as well. So um, it, just helping you produce a good a good wave. So great questions. Thank you for that. Again, if you would um, uh, give me a call, send me a text 502-599-9722. I'll call you back and we can have a question and discussion and you will receive a mat cover and a new mat bag uh, from MagnaWave uh, for participating in that in that fashion. So let's see any other questions. Uh, John asked, do we have assessment protocol for cystic ovaries? Um, <clears throat> number one, you want to make sure that your vet is clear with what you're doing. Number two, the protocol would be to treat the area um, around the ovary. We used to do that and, and uh, to help relieve some issues that are going on and help the flow, the blood flow and the oxygenation to that area of the body be improved. Uh, the protocol would be to treat moderately uh, for six to eight minutes over the area and be done. Uh, comfortable, uh, moderate type of setting. You don't need to go in there and, and pound away on the area. You want to just gently massage the tissue and, and work that area as often as you can. Um, I would do it um, once a day, uh, one, every other day, once, once or twice a week, whatever's comfortable. If it's a client horse or your horse, and you'll see if, if the relief is there, if if the improvement is there, what's going on. But that's a situation. Certainly, uh, the protocol is to help the the body be in a process in a situation to better heal itself. And uh, but you also always want to deal with that uh, with your uh, with your chiropractor, uh, not your chiropractor, with your veterinarian. Okay, Tracy's got a question. Let's bring Tracy in and uh, see what's going on with Tracy. Hope that helped, Jim. Hello. Tracy. Yes. How are you? Uh, I had a question about uh, uh, working on an area that's kind of blistered up. Uh-huh. And uh, like a, almost like a burn blister. Uh, what, what would be the protocol for that? Uh, now, okay, so you you're you have a horse that's got that type situation or an animal, a person. A person. Oh, okay. Well, again, obviously, if it's a blister type situation, there's something there to cause the blistering to occur, uh, whatever that may be. And, and uh, so, what you want to do is certainly you want to have it be in a better position to heal. It needs good oxygenation. It needs good sufficient blood flow. So, uh, I would treat around it, and I would treat directly over the area. Now, is it a patch area? Is it, or is it a one or, where is it exactly? It, it's a, a patch area on, on the arm, um, probably two inches by about four inches uh, uh, area. And it's uh, almost like a bone, but uh, there's blisters and stuff in it too. I mean, medication's being put on it. It's not healing up quite as uh, fast as really it should so i didn't realize well, was, have they have they narrowed down the cause was it a bite was it um uh, i think they've pretty much narrowed it down to an allergic reaction but uh um, do they know what the aller allergic to what um no no interesting i i and and they're seeing a doctor Okay. I mean, you know, if it's an allergic reaction to something, certainly the doctor's going to want to figure out what it is. Interesting to where it is. Um, you know, a lot of people who have allergic reactions, it's more systemic than in one particular uh, location. Um, but that's, that's interesting. And, and the, the question there would be, um, you know, we certainly don't want to do anything. If it is an allergic reaction that is coming on, we don't want to do anything to enhance that. Um, uh, typically I would think that way, but, uh, if it's something that's there and now we need to help the body 
flush all that out and get rid of it, then this can be very beneficial to help the recovery of the area, but he's going to have to figure out, or the person's going to have to figure out what's causing it, what the, what the reaction is. Okay. Oh. You there, Tracy? Hello. Oh, I think I'm losing Tracy. Tracy, are you there? Yep, sounds like uh, we lost her. But that's the way I would approach it, Tracy, is to, uh, to number one, check with the doctor. Uh, number two, um, if it is an allergic reaction and you figure that out, we don't want to do anything adverse to that particular type of situation. So, Tracy, thank you for calling. I'm sorry we've lost you. Uh, we'll try again. And uh, appreciate that very much. Uh, Tracy, if you're listening, support at magnawaypemf.com uh, for calling in, and we will get you some, uh, some stuff. Uh, let's see here. Anybody else? Um, question or a few time to walk me through. Great. Whatever is convenient for you. Olivia. All right. Let's call Olivia and see what she's got going on here. <clears throat> it's ringing. Is this Olivia? Oh, you're on a speakerphone. Can you hear me? Uh, yes, I can hear you. Is this Mr. Pat? Yes, it is. You have a question? How are, yes, sir. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Great. I recently uh, purchased a Max from you guys. Uh-huh. Um, I have a couple questions about a um, few little issues on my horses and wanted your uh, opinion on how I should treat this. I have two barrel horses. Obviously, you know, they all have some kind of issues as far as a little bit of arthritis um, in the hops, um, dorsal spinous processes on the back touching, so arthritic changes there. Um, one of the horse horses had two deep digital flexor tendon tears. Got that. Okay. Are you there? Oh, you're breaking up. Can you hear me now? I can. Are you on a speaker? No, sir. I'm, I'm in some wooded area. That may be the reason. Oh, okay. Um, the last part of your question. Give me that again. Hear and me then, well. Yeah. You can hear me okay? I can. Okay. So um, rehab that horse with the Pulse Pro. And now he's back running. And... Two, I just wanted your opinion on intensity and how often would you recommend treating these targeted issues like the arthritis in the hocks, the uh, arthritis in the back, to maintain these. Obviously, I do other things like injections and sure. all that kind of stuff. But what would you suggest? Like, what, what would your protocol be? My protocol would be. Uh, I, I, if, if it's a new issue that you're dealing with, I'd treat four or five days in a row and then I'd go, drop off to treat every other day potentially and see if it holds. So uh, we always try to get ahead of an issue and hold it where it needs to be. And, you know, in, until it fully recovers, the body will fully recover or it may not. If it's an arthritic issue, it's not going to fully recover. We can make it better and then it's going to kind of creep back in. The arthritis, as it rubs on the nerves and the muscles of the body is going to allow that irritation or that pain to resurface and therefore the discomfort to be there. So in an arthritic issue, we can relieve it and we can keep the relief there as long as possible until the body starts to bring it back from movement and action. So my, what I would basically do is we treat as often as necessary and as long as function continues to improve. So let's say it's very arthritic condition and you treat today, it's better. Tomorrow, it's not better. And then you treat today and tomorrow, and then it's good for two days. And then you treat for a week and it's good for a week. And then you, you, you find that if you treat once a week, it maintains that. It stays good for a week. And, and so that's how I would approach it. You don't need to overdo it. It's, it's not. And we did this in the beginning when I first started. People were so excited about what was going on. They had me treat their horses every day. 
But over a period of time, they learned it was fine for me because I was making money, but which I needed. But at, at, at the point, they finally learned that, well, if we treat this horse once a week, he's going to compete perfectly. If we treat this horse on Wednesday and Saturday, he or she is going to compete perfectly. And so they kind of, each horse is different. Each animal is different. And so we kind of fit to what that particular uh, animal needs as far as its comfort and its optimum uh, position to compete and, and or to perform for you. And so that's how I would look at it. As long as function improves, treat. Once you hit a plateau, treat as often as necessary to maintain that plateau. And you can do that with an arthritic situation. You can treat it once a week, twice a week, whatever it is, and it'll keep the inflammation away, keep the movement in good shape, and you can go forward. Okay. Um, so as far as time-wise, let's say just like the hops in the back on those targeted areas, how long would you stay on the, whenever I am treating it, like as far as time-wise, five minutes? Five, five minutes, five to six minutes is ample. If you have the time and you want to spend 10 or 15 minutes on that hawk, you can do that. You don't need to go any longer than that. And But as a rule, five minutes is a good number. Uh, when, when we started, three minutes. All the machines around the world in this power levels operated on three-minute cycles. Treat the elbow for three minutes. Treat it treat it twice, you know, total of six, treating it twice and, and approach it like that. So I would say five to six minutes on any given area would be sufficient. And, okay. and uh, but if you, if you need to, uh, for example, my wife woke up this morning with her back really bothering her from how she slept. So we put her on the machine and she went through three 10 minute cycles. So she treated herself for 30 minutes. Now she's feeling, she's feeling better and she's out. In fact, I can see her now as I look out through my windows here in the backyard, uh, tending to some stuff. And so um, that, that's how to, to approach that. Um, Five to ten, five, five to six minutes is ample. If you want to go ten, you got the time. Fine, do that. Okay, perfect. Um, being, I had asked you this question as far as um, after joint injections. I know that's going to kind of calm down the inflammation and lube up the joint a little better. You know, we put an acid and cortisone in there. So. Should I just go ahead and let those work for a few weeks without treating it? I, you don't have to. I, I would not wait a few weeks. Um, uh, when, again, <coughs> excuse me, going back to when I started, uh, quite often they were injecting with hyaluronic acid and various things in the joint for inflammation, far better range of motion. And we were treating immediately. We were treating the next day or we were treating that night, whatever the situation may be. Uh, because they're going into the bursa. It's not going to leave the bursa. And and so they, they inject right into the joint, in the joint sac or that or that area. So uh, it's kind of become a norm now. A lot of people talk about if they give an injection, wait 24 hours, uh, wait two days potentially, so 48 hours, and then go back to treating. To wait to the half-life of some of these injections is very short. And, and so then what happens is they relieve kind of what we talk about getting ahead of a situation. They treat the area, it's better, better range of motion, inflammation's gone, but what's causing that, whether it's the activity that you're doing or the, the, the uh, discipline that you're participating in, it can begin to creep back in. Well, we don't want to wait for it to come back. And that's one of the wonderful things when people were injecting and we were coming, coming back and treating the same ankle or the same joint consistently, those injections would basically last much longer. So, and, and people say, well, I, I inject my horse every six months. The value of that injection is gone in a few days, but it's helped things to where the inflammation or the problem builds very slowly and they don't notice it. So they feel it lasts six months and that's true. But if we can now go in and treat, you might, you might only need to inject that horse if you, if you do it every six months, you might only need to do it every year uh, or whatever. The, the secret in what you, and I don't want to say secret, I don't mean to, to say that, but, but the, the situation is when you start injecting, as, as I've had doctors tell me and people tell me, you know, you don't want to have an injection go bad. And, and they always say you can only put that needle in there so many times in a lot of cases. And, and so if we can avoid that, if we can slow that down, that's a good thing. And exactly, so, and I will tell you my personal experience. Um, this horse here, they told me, I mean, his arthritis was very extreme. Um, they told me that would have to at least every six months inject it. Since I started magna-waving him, um, 
the amount of fluid that I noticed in the You're breaking up. You there? Oh, we lost her. Doggone it. Yeah, we lost you. We're losing you. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, listen, if you can hear me, uh, send a send a support at Magnolia PMF. We'll send you some of the mat cover and and mat bag. I, I've lost you totally in terms of uh, being able to follow you. So great questions. Uh, I wish we could have heard your personal story. Uh, we'll try again another time. Thank you so much. Bye bye. Thanks. So um, there you go. Um, that was uh, that was Olivia. And so, Olivia, thank you for what you were sharing. But that's the kind of routine that we want to have a look at and uh, go through. Good morning, Sandy from California. Uh, yeah, Tracy, I'm sorry we lost you. And we just now lost Olivia. So uh, sales signals are sometimes a challenge. If you have a question, please post it in the chat box and I will certainly answer it. If you would like to give me a call, 502-599-9722, send me a text and I will dial you right back and we can have a conversation about whatever it is you might like to uh, cover. I'm glad the folks are with us on CastBox this morning. Uh, thank you for being here as well. We always appreciate that and join it and enjoy it. So let's see, We've uh, if we don't get any other questions, I don't want to just hang around and, and babble. Uh, I was going to talk about, um, I got a, received a question yesterday. Uh, someone asked, how do I know if the machine is delivering the, the amount of gauss that it's supposed to or the amount of energy? Let's talk about it as energy. And, and so here's my response. If you, have, if you have a machine and you put it on your shoulder and you put the machine, whatever, however the control works, but if you put it on there and you get muscle movement, <clears throat> and if you were to take, and that means it's operating the way it's supposed to. And, and now, if if you've got a machine and you've got to turn it all the way up to get muscle movement, now that can vary from person to person. I'm talking about you. You do your own test. You put it on your shoulder, and you and you can tell at a, on a five, this is what I'm getting. On an eight, this is what I'm getting. On a ten, I can't have it on there. It's too much. And so, anytime you put it on and run through those numbers and get that type of reaction. You, typically you'd be good. Now, if you take it and you put it on and you put it on the five and it's clicking the way it would normally be clicking, but you're feeling nothing. What that can mean is there could be a diode or something that's got a problem in the device that's kind of short circuiting the delivery of the signal, not necessarily the delivering of some of the, the clicking mechanism uh, that's going on. But if you're not getting the same movement that you've had, that you've had, that could be a reason for that. But if it's doing what it's always done, then it's delivering what it meant to deliver. Now, certainly what it delivers depends on the on the device that on the attachment you're using, you get a higher, if you're using the paddle, you're getting a much more concentrated signal, you're getting a, a much more uh, intense signal at that point out of the paddle. You get more gauss, if we're talking gauss, out of a paddle than you get out of the large loop or the butt or the wave wings. Uh, but the wave wings will stimulate a lot more tissue and massage a lot deeper, even though it's not supplying the amount of gauss as the paddle does. And so each attachment varies the amount of gauss or the amount of energy that you're able to get or feel. So that's a variance from attachment to attachment, depending on the size uh, of the attachment itself. But the main thing, and this is what I, I would say, and this is what I told this person, they were asking that. That's the only, I've had devices, not maybe one, maybe one or two over the years to where a diode in the device came loose, solder broke, whatever it is. And so the machine sounds like it's working great, but you put it on and you turn it all the way up and you get nothing. There's something obviously uh, going on with the device. That'd be the way to tell it. But if you're feeling it the way you expect it and the way it's always been, you're good. Is it different today than it was six months ago because electrodes are wearing down or whatever the situation may be? Sure. But that doesn't mean that it's not going to deliver the energy that you're looking for because we want to just deliver good energy to the body and let the body accept it and do what it can with it to help itself heal and uh, to be better. We don't do it. The body heals itself. We're just setting the body up to be in a good position with good ATP, which is the gasoline for the body, good energy to go in there and allow the body to better do uh, what it needs to or wants to do. 
So that's where we are on, on that particular question that I was asked yesterday. Uh, let's see, has anyone MagnaWave the lungs of a COVID patient who is struggling with breathing, someone who isn't hospitalized? Okay, I can tell you that we have some doctors around the world, uh, in Mexico for uh, particularly, that during the, the in, in 2018 or 2009, when we had a, a bad event, I forget which, which number it was and which particular, uh, but they would use their medication and they would treat the lungs uh, of people daily. And, and they, their recovery rate was high. They didn't need to be hospitalized. And we're seeing that people are discussing that, that they, that they use it and they, they stay on it. And I can tell you that myself, um, I've not had any issues. I'm not doing anything, um, but I, I do treat my lungs. Uh, I, I want to stay ahead uh, of these types of situations, and I, I treat my back. And um, so, yes, people have done that. And uh, but there again, I don't have any specific instances. Now, I did reach out to the FDA uh, uh, during this time that we're in, and have. In, uh, to basically say, hey, we have this available. It's being used in these other countries. People are using it for, we've used it on people with, with COPD and they've gotten very good relief of their lungs. I have personally used it when I've had some allergy areas to where I get a bit short of breath, <coughs> excuse me, short of breath and breathing that way. I will treat my back. You get to your lungs better from the back and uh, because you're, you're closer, you're right there. And, and uh, I'll treat myself for 10 or 15 minutes and all of a sudden I'm breathing better. Everything is fine and it helps clear that up. That would be the same type of situation I would think with anyone with type of congestion, whatever it may be. And so at any rate, I reached out to the FDA and they said, yes, we'd love to talk with you, but you have to still go through some of these uh, protocols. You need to have a grant. You need to pay for this study. You need you need to do this stuff. And the quicker you can do that, the quicker we can start working with you and make this go. Well, even though they're saying if we did a preliminary study and we did it, we can jump into them tomorrow, it's still expensive. And it still takes real documentation to do that. Uh, whereas on a normal basis, if we want, if we said, okay, we want to work on this flu or this COVID and we want to, you know, do the whole thing. It could take a couple of years to do the studies necessary to get all the documentation. The FDA is today working more rapidly, but it still would take a year for us to uh, do that. And and we are certainly asking some of those questions. We are certainly uh, anticipating applying for a grant or writing a grant to to try to get some funding to because as you know this could be very very expensive but to answer your question uh can this used over the lungs potentially be beneficial for someone who's having respiratory issues the energy that delivered could uh, certainly be a relief perhaps they if they're under a doctor's care they could talk to the doctor and the doctor could see that and then see how it works and the doctor could say gee that's great uh, doctors can do a lot of things on their own uh, if they if they feel that it's going to be beneficial that's where we talk about integrative medicine a lot of doctors are working with various methods whether it's holistic or whatever it may be other integrative natural type of things to help their processes along so that'd be number one thing I would do is bring it up to the doctor, say you want to do this, have them do it. Is it going to cause them a problem? I would think not to, to, to do that. Um, and as I said, I personally do it to myself. When I get into that type of state where my allergies are, are making it so I have uh, difficulty inhaling as comfortably as I can or whatever, uh, I'll treat my back or treat my lungs and it, it will help clear it up very quickly. Um, I'm sometimes my own best testimonial, I guess, but that's not all of that. <laughs> what I do, but that's what we do is we, we try to test and, and work with these devices uh, to make them work. So Christine, I hope that helps. Um, I, I'm sure we've had people who have uh, worked with COVID patients. Um, I, I can't say that I've seen any particular comments in the uh, practitioner section. If you have, please post some comments in the practitioner section as to what you've experienced and, and what has happened so people can, uh, can see that and can learn from it. And uh, as I said, we are certainly talking Talking with some different doctors and some different people to hopefully, uh, because it is excellent for for those types of situations. We would think to help the blood flow, help the oxygenation, help the help the flow, and keep the congestion down uh, in the lungs. 
So hope that helps. Uh, great question. Thank you so much, Christine, uh, for, for asking. Um, any other questions, simply post them in the chat boxes. We've been here now for about 45 minutes, so I'd be happy to uh, visit with you and answer any questions you may have. If you'd like to win or have or receive a mat bag and a mat cover, uh, simply send me a text, 502-599-9722. I will call you back. We can have a brief discussion, and then we'll get you uh, some of that new swag uh, from MagnaWave. A lot of things going on, as I was talking about the uh, FDA stuff and the clearances uh, for Health Canada and, and Europe. Or we're working on as diligently as we can to uh, bring that stuff uh, to the table in the in the equine and the small animal world. Uh, we're working to uh, to learn as much as we can and to help these animals be healthier and happier and and better companions, uh, which we all certainly enjoy. Okay, uh, any other questions, please uh, put them in there. If not, we'll let you all have a great day. Uh, I don't see, let me make sure that there's not something over here on the phone. Uh, Tracy, question, um, okay, let's see, maybe I got, uh, nope, that's an older one. So. Um, let's see. Well, maybe I can answer this. Uh, this question came in the other day. I have a two-year-old reigning prospect. She was diagnosed with an OCD in her right stifle. Surgery was the only recommendation for potential future advancement with a 30 to 50 percent chance of success. What is the research for PEMF treatment in career-ending OCD diagnosis? Wow. Um, <clears throat> well, number one, my question would be, uh, let me see. Maybe we can get this person on the line. <clears throat> Maybe not. My, my, let's, I'll let it ring one more time. Doesn't look like we're going to go through. Okay, so the, my question would be for that person who asked that question is, are you, are you taking any type of OCD supplement? There's a um, supplement, um, I'll think of his name. Um, I can't think of his name. It'll come to me. Uh, doctor in Lexington, Kentucky has a product for OCD, OCD pellets that they put in the feed and they've gotten very good results with, with OCD types of diagnoses. Uh, certainly OCD is a growth situation in Osgood slaughters, or what we call it in people, to where they, their, their knee or their body joints grow improperly and there'll be some chipping and be some issues that's quite painful and causes uh, types of situations with the lesions that are, that are there. To, in, in a horse, uh, if you can improve the blood flow, improve the circulation to the area that can basically, in some cases, slow down what's happening, help relieve things so they don't get worse, uh, and, and that whole type of thing, depending on what, what they were doing. I would certainly think if surgery was the only recommendation, it must be a pretty serious deal to go in there and do that with a 30 to 50% chance of recovery. My feeling is with MagnaWave to help the body be prepared to heal itself and to have that good blood flow that we work to encourage and the better oxygenation of the blood could maybe change those numbers significantly uh, to, the, to the positive, we would hope, and, and we would potentially uh, work towards. But certainly to use on an animal with that type of condition, again, if it's something that we can't control, I mean, if it's going to grow and caught, that problem's going to be there regardless of what we do, then, you know, you just have to try to get the best result you can as you go. Have people used PEMF and MagnaWave for in those types of situations for relief and to help things along? Most certainly. And, and we've seen results with that. But there again, I'd have to come back and say, what is their veterinary uh, veterinarian saying, and what are they doing as far as medication? And can you try that first? Would that be the thing to do is to try something like this first, unless it's going to get worse to the point that if you don't operate, then you're totally debilitated and, and you got a serious issue. So certainly the veterinarian is the place to be there and to have that 
have that type of such uh, conversation and to see where MagnaWave uh, PEMF could be beneficial to aid the healing process, aid the comfort process, um, the whole thing. But um, gosh, why can't I think Doc's name? Um, <clears throat> but at any rate, uh, OCD pellets, uh, just search that. And it'll come up. He's in Lexington, Kentucky. And um, I'm going to be mad at myself all day long for not being able to uh, remember his name and give him a plug here. Um, but at any rate, that's uh, that's what I would uh, that's how I'd take a look at that and move forward from that type of situation. Any other questions, please put them into the chat box. If you'd like to talk with me, 502-599-9722. Again, if you call me today or give me send me a text and we visit, we're going to send you a map bag and a mat cover for your mat if you have a mat if you don't have a mat maybe you need to buy a mat and we'll get we'll give you the free cover and mat bag at that point and you can uh, go forward with your mat <laughs> but uh so um there you have it and it uh, looks like things have quieted down i want to thank you uh for being with me today i certainly always enjoy the questions and we try to answer the questions that you have i'll be back Next Tuesday, I don't think you're traveling or anything next Tuesday. So my plan is to be here uh, next Tuesday afternoon at noon to have the MagnaWave office hours. Uh, something that I am working on and the office hours will be there. Uh, it's called Biohacking Wellness. It is a channel on Roku and um, Amazon Fire and we will soon have apps. And so the various, we're going to have several categories. We'll have categories for tumor health, we'll have categories for brain health, we'll have categories for small animals, have category for large animals, the whole nine yards, various uh, uh, channels on this biohacking wellness TV channel on Roku, and you'll be able to go there and watch these videos on demand on your home TV. Uh, if you're using Roku or Fire TV, we're soon going to be on Apple TV and uh, the Apple app. And uh, certainly we're going to have a couple mobile apps for Android and iPhone to where you can go and watch these videos on demand. And as I said, we're going to cover a lot of different, uh, my, my last book that I did, the wake up book on brain health, uh, there were 30 some doctors and, and five of us who were not doctors participating in that book. And I'm going to interview those folks uh, live and uh, also, and they'll be available on the Roku uh, Fire TV channels and uh, my most recent book that's coming out shortly, Miracles, um, that, uh, with a lot of same authors, uh, Muriel Hemingway's in the book uh, and, and uh, Dr. Patrick Porter and, and many other folks are in there. So we're looking forward to that. And that's basically a book about uh, different miracles that people have experienced and helped along with their processes and their integrative methods or their medical methods that they're using what they consider miracles. And we have those some uh, certainly uh, in personally with my family and personally with other customers who have done things that, that feel that they've received a miracle type of response with these types of devices and other folks with other devices and other methods. So we'll be doing that and that's all be available. Uh, keep an eye out for uh, biohacking wellness uh, sponsored by MagnaWave uh, on Roku and uh, Fire TV and we'll be bringing that to you. So anyway, thank you for joining me. We look forward to uh, being with you next week and uh, had a great day. Thank you for the questions and we will talk to you later. Bye-bye.